following contest is scheduled for one Hey, 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 it's your boy KG, and welcome back to the Roped In Podcast. I am a little late. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. It was supposed to be out yesterday. Unfortunately, your boy split his finger up, and uh, yeah, it was a little bloody mess, and I kind of had to take care of it, but uh, I'm all good now, you know, a little bit of Band-Aid. It stings a little bit, but it's 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 workable, you know. I could I could still do what I need to do, so... There's no compromise. Y'all don't need to worry about that. I got this. So, oh boy, there are a a lot of things that happen, guys. A lot. There's a a ton of news. I, uh, first of all, let me address this whole parrot fucking situation. Because, yeah, there's a bunch of you that are tweeting me and uh, are asking me to be this parrot. I did not know that Mick Foley was going to do that. I cannot believe McFoley himself, the hardcore legend himself, actually sent out a a video asking me to dress up as a parrot for WrestleMania. So if for some reason you're living under a rock and you're not following my Twitter, I have been requested to dress up as a parrot for WrestleMania, keeping in theme with Tampa and the Pirates and all that shit. But the rest of the Inside the Ropes crew are going as Pirates. Except for Jen, who's going in as a wench. So that's besides the point. point is that they're asking me to become a Parrot. And I have no intention of doing that. Absolutely no intention. So I put out a challenge. I said, if you can get this one meme tweet to to go over 100 retweets, I, I would dress up as a parrot, right? And God knows Mick Foley himself could not get that tweet over 100 retweets. So, uh, Ben, if you're listening to this, I I just have to say that that was a, a poor attempt. Anthony, I know you listen to this. Anthony Fit, Fitzpatrick, I know you listen to this. So, good try. Uh, your milestones were almost laughable. You know, you you reached like, what was it, one third of the way, and you know it's not gonna happen. So uh, congratulations, you failed. And uh, yeah, there'll be there'll be more conversation on the pot of thunder regarding this whole parrot situation. But as I said, Mick Foley himself could not convince me to dress up as a parrot for WrestleMania. Let me just say that. Now, uh, there are a lot of things happening. So, uh, regarding the the Roped in Fantasy League, ladies and gentlemen, once I put out the tweet after Raw tonight, I will you will be able to pick your Royal Rumble teams. All right? Now, what I need to say is, and I should typically leave this for the, for the Roped in uh, Fantasy League section of this podcast, which is actually what I'll do. So uh, stick around for the end because I will announce how many points a Royal Rumble winner will get. So you can strategically figure out what players or what superstars to pick for your Roped in Fantasy League Royal Rumble team. Because that is the next pay-per-view. And I love the Royal Rumble. I'm very excited. I wish I was going. 
I went in 2017. It was a blast. It was my first pay-per-view ever. It was my first actual televised show. So that was, it was amazing. I loved, I loved the Royal Rumble. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so stick around for, for the points breakdown thing at the end of the show. Uh, we have a few bits of news. I I will be the first person to sort of, you know, cover this, I'm sure. Where the Hall of Fame 2020 inductees, the first two have been announced. And they're massive names. So the first inductee is our very own Dana Brooke lover, Dave Batista. So Dave has uh, has been announced by WWE themselves on their Twitter page. Dave is going into the Hall of Fame in 2020, which would be really weird for me because I remember watching Batista, you know, just rise up from, from nothing. And, I, I mean, he is... Like, he was always, I don't want to say really old, but he was older than most people are when they break into the business and they're on WWE programming. But, um, you know, just just because, like, the guy, I I grew up and watching this guy come into his own, then he had his rivalries with The Undertaker and Triple H and Edge and, you know, Eddie Guerrero. They had, like, all these, like, Rey Mysterio. It was just crazy you know and now that he's being inducted into the hall of fame i mean he's he's a first build you know the the first what do they call them yeah the first build so he he'll be the headliner i'm sure and uh <clears throat> the he's being inducted alongside the n w o so the nwo are going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020 along with Dave Batista. I guess the the NWO long time coming, right? They've only announced four names, which is weird. They've announced X-Pac, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. So Hulk Hogan is going into the Hall of Fame twice now. Uh Scott Hall is going in what three times or some shit? Like what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and uh, I, 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 it could be just two. I, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, two. I don't know why I thought he went to with DX. Uh, that was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's. I think. I, I, I digress. I digress. My point is that NWO Batista very, very much deserved. I'm trying to think if there's anyone left that should be inducted before Batista. And I'm sure there are names. I'm sure there are. I just can't seem to think of any. So, yeah, Batista going into the Hall of Fame. That would be pretty cool. And, of course, uh, NWO as well. I don't know how they're going to manage to fit all of the NWO members on stage. But that's their problem, not mine. Um, I might... Man, I don't know if I want to go for the Hall of Fame. It's usually very long-winded. and I'll just look at all the inductees. And then I'll figure out if I want to go or not. I wonder who the women's inductee will be. It's I'm, I, I can't think of a name off the top of my head. Maybe is Jazz in? Jazz? How much did Jazz do anyways? Jacqueline is in. Ivory's in. Trish is in. Lita's in. Molly Holly's in. Uh, who am I forgetting? Sable? Would Sable do it? I think Sable should. She's Brock's wife, after all. Yeah, it should be Sable. 
Anyways, uh, and uh, we have some, you know, some people being inducted into something, and we have some people leaving. So we had Sin Cara, The Ascensions, and Lu- The Ascensions, The Ascension, and Luke Harper all released from WWE earlier this week. Um, I think Luke Harper will benefit the most from this. Harper, from whatever I hear on, you know, wherever. Uh, everyone seems to say that this guy is one of the best workers in the ring. You know, he has, he sells really well. He's, his character work, I guess is great. And I guess it's like the small things that, that he does in the ring and stuff that I guess only, you know, wrestlers and people who know the art technically would be able to say, cause I've heard Steve Austin say like, you know, if I ever had a match, it'd be, a, I wanted against Luke Harper, you know, and he's not the only person to say that. And I don't remember everyone who said it. But a lot of people wanted to wrestle Luke Harper. So I guess there's something about this guy that's supremely talented. And you can kind of tell, you know, his matches are great. And he looks like everything he throws looks like it hurts, which is, I guess, the biggest compliment you could give him, right? So, yeah, so that, that that's that's, I guess, you know, that's where they're going with the whole Luke Harper thing. Uh, I'm sure he's going to go to AEW soon because I don't think a talent like that should be wasted. Sin Cara, I'm not entirely sure. The Ascension, I loved them when they were on NXT. I thought they were amazing. They had some of the best tag team matches I've seen. Granted, this is before I watched a lot of great tag team matches. So my vi- my my, I guess in hindsight, I'd have to go back and check if those matches were actually really good. They were, I think, one of the longest reigning tag team champions in NXT history. They might still be. And they're really, really fucking good. I think I think they were really talented and they had something going. And it's just unfortunate what happened to them. So, yeah, hopefully they, they go somewhere. And AEW loves their tag team. So, hopefully they go and do something there, you know. They have to sit out their non-compete clause or whatever fuck it is. So, let's... Let's see what happens to them. How about that? <clears throat> uh, let's get into some Raw, SmackDown, and NXT and AEW stuff. Uh, we start Raw this week with uh, AOP talking to Charlie Caruso in their native languages for some reason. And Charlie's like, oh, I don't speak Albanian or Punjabi, so uh, could you you know, explain what you mean? And then one of them, I think it was Akim, uh, he goes like, no, it was Rezar. I think it was Rezar. He goes like, actually, now I don't even remember which one's which. Jeez. I think it was Razor. And he goes like, you look pretty, Charlie, or some shit like that. I don't know what the fuck he said. But, yeah, it was really weird. He was, and I mean, you know, Charlie does look great. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, it was weird. I don't know why they did that. But uh, we have Samoa Joe back on commentary, which is pretty cool. I love Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is great. He's an excellent addition to to the commentary team and plus I want them to bring him back like he needs to come back onto TV by like someone punching him or something and he just like gets you know back into action that's how I want to see it happen I don't want to see him like go like you know oh I'm ready to wrestle now and then just goes back to wrestling also Dio Madden is uh, apparently he's ready to lace up his wrestling boots once more I so I guess he's training now at the Performance center, I guess. Is he going to wrestle Brock? I don't know. Let's see. But the show actually starts off with uh, Seth. So after the whole intro, 
We get Seth Rollins in the ring asking Kevin Owens to come out so he can apologize. Kevin Owens comes out. AOP comes out as well. And, you know, Kevin's like, oh, I know I know how this is going to go. Three of you are going to gang up on me, blah, blah, blah. But Seth gets really frustrated. And he says, listen, you know, I'm, I'm not going to attack you, but I'm kind of tired of, like, explaining myself. So I'm out. Uh, he walks towards AOP. AOP move aside. Let Seth go away. And uh, they don't attack Kevin Owens. So Kevin Owens is like, okay, uh, I still want a match. So here's a challenge to anyone in the back. <clears throat> we go into commercial and Lana comes out. Lana comes out and she starts talking. Kevin Owens just rips her a fucking new one. He's, he says things like, oh, no one wants to hear you talk. Why are you even talking? What did I do to deserve this? And she, I mean, not exactly those words, but you know, it, it felt like that's the direction he was going with. And then Lashley comes out, and it's Lashley versus Kevin Owens. This match doesn't last too long before AOP come out and attack Kevin Owens mid-match. They basically beat him up, and they drag him up the ramp. And uh, there are two bodyguards that are standing beside Lana this whole time because they want to make sure that Rusev doesn't come out. But, uh, of course, Rusev comes out, and uh, he attacks Bobby Lashley and then escapes. Uh, Lashley gets out of the ring. He turns to these two bodyguards or cops or whatever the fuck they are. And he, he gets mad at them. And he's like, what the hell? You had one job and you couldn't do your damn job. So he shoulder checks one of the cops and then gets arrested. Immediately. I was like, what the fuck? And he doesn't even, like, put up a fight or anything. He's just like, his, he, as soon as the guy, like, grabs one of his arms, Lashley's arms are both behind his back. And he's waiting to be handcuffed. Like, you could see his He's just like there. There's no no one's putting his hand back there, which is like acting 101, right? Like don't sell it before it's happened. So I don't know. Uh, and all and all that because he shoulder checked the guy. He just like bumped into him. And he, so there's one old guy and one young guy, right? And the old guy, he doesn't even know the Miranda rights. Like he's he's like reading them off a of paper. I don't know if cops do that, but. Like, shouldn't you know this? Like, if you're a cop? I don't know. And all this happens, right? And, like, Rusev was supposed to be the one who they caught, but Rusev was nowhere to be found. Rusev is fucked off. He's gone. He's out. So <laughs> so they're taking Bobby Lashley up the ramp, and Lana's yelling at them, and then she slaps one of the cops, and they arrest her too. So, yeah. That's what happened. Bobby Lashley and Lana both get arrested. Cool. Awesome. Fun times. When will this end? Please just fucking end it already. Please, TLC. I'm okay with TLC. End it at TLC. Please. Please. <laughs> They're getting a divorce on Raw. God damn it. <laughs> I just don't want to see this anymore. Jumping forward, Drew McIntyre defeats Kira Tozawa in like seconds and then calls out Randy Orton. Randy Orton comes out, gets in Drew's face, and then the OC come out. Drew says, this is none of my business. Drew leaves the ring. The OC starts attacking Randy Orton, but then Ricochet comes out to help Randy. Following Ricochet, because, you know, numbers game. Uh, <laughs> Ricochet, uh, he's, you know, he gets beaten up by the OC as well. Then Umberto comes out. And Rey Mysterio comes out, and the OC finally retreat. Backstage, you can see Randy Orton holding his arm, and he tells the three men, thanks, but I didn't need your help. 
So we'll see a little bit more of that in the main event later. Our truth runs out after Andrade's match against Eric Young. And uh, he runs out with a 24-7 title and then hides in front of Kyle Busch and Michael Waltrip, who are, I believe, NASCAR drivers or some shit. And uh, turns out that uh, Waltrip is uh, a official, WWE official, because he was sporting a referee shirt. And Kyle Busch rolls up R-Truth to win the 24-7 title. As far as I know, R-Truth has won it back as of now. Whew. Why? Is this what's going to keep happening? Are they just going to keep having, like, celebrities win it? What the fuck? I did not care for this. Uh, we then see Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte in a handicap match. This was an excellent match. Charlotte, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Charlotte is the best women's worker in WWE history. No one no one puts on a match like her. No one sells as good as her. No one does the moves as good as she does. I will I've been saying this for years and I'll say it again. She is the best. Leaps and bounds ahead of Sasha, uh, Bailey, Rhonda, uh, Becky, you name it, she's ahead of them. Right? Maybe character work could use a little more sprucing up. You know, Becky Lynch has a character work nailed. Rhonda has a good blend of both. Uh, Sasha as well, good blend of both. Bailey, no character, and in-ring is meh. So I feel like Charlotte, she needs a little bit more character work, but in terms of like like her, her in-ring performance, phenomenal. She is as good as it gets. Asuka as well. Asuka's character work, I guess, because of the lack of language and stuff that, that is detrimental to, to your character in WWE, and your persona in WWE, but Asuka's in-ring work also is very good, and uh, she's, you know, I mean, we all know Charlotte versus Asuka, what a good match that was. So I, I guess Charlotte, you know, I, I still think Charlotte is a better wrestler than Asuka. I do. I think she's phenomenal. And some of the matches she's put on, incredible. Just incredible. So anyway, so this match ends when uh, Charlotte is has got the... Figure eight locked on to Asuka. She bends for the bridge, but is unaware that Asuka has actually tagged in Kairi Sane. Kairi Sane goes to the top rope, drops the insane elbow onto Charlotte, and she gets a pinfall victory. Interesting. So uh, we see a tiny segment with uh, Charlotte backstage where she's being interviewed, and uh, she's asked if she regrets taking on this match, and she says no. So... You know, I, th- I see I see a build to Charlotte. I see a build to Charlotte. I think I think it will be good. I'm not sure where it's going, but I think it's going to be positive. I think people are finally behind Charlotte, and you know, face Charlotte can finally prevail. Our main event of Raw is a six man tag: Rey Mysterio, Umberto Carrillo, and Ricochet versus the OC. OC get the win here, which was surprising. I guess because they got beaten up at the start of the show. So, the OC uh, gets a win when uh, AJ Styles hits the top rope Styles Clash to Ricochet and uh, pins him for the victory. He's celebrating in the ring by himself, but then Randy Orton shows up, hits the RKO out of nowhere, and uh, that closes the show. He goes up and he poses, which is what face Randy Orton does. So, interesting. Uh, We're going to see another 
AJ Styles Randy Orton match again. This is what we're going for. I don't know. Uh, over on SmackDown, the Miz starts a show. I've been I saw so much of Miz today. I recorded uh, or I watched Santa's Little Helper with the Miz, Paige, and some other hot blonde. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it's a lot of Miz today. A lot of Miz. So. Uh, Miz starts the show. Bray Wyatt appears on... So it's, it's Miz TV. It's supposed to be with Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan's not there. Uh, the, so Bray Wyatt pops up on the Titantron, and he's like, uh, Hey, Miz, uh, you know, I know you have a family. I used to have a family. And then you see, like, glimpses of the Wyatt family, including Daniel Bryan in it, which is really good and, you know, great touch. So you can see that that's what he's referring to why and why he's, you know, going against Daniel Bryan now but yeah then we see a picture uh, so Bray Wyatt you know after talking about his family he he reveals a picture of the Miz's family which obviously pisses Miz off and Miz goes backstage calls Maurice and tells her lock the doors and windows and set the alarms so uh, just in case you know this uh, creepy fiend creature pops up because clearly you know, he uses doors and windows to get in and not magic because, right. Uh, more on that later. Uh, we see a segment between Elias, Daniel, uh, not Daniel, da- Drake Maverick and Dana Brooke. So Drake Maverick, for some reason, is still hitting on Dana Brooke, even though he's married. And it's live television, bro. We're all watching you. And Elias comes out. Elias sings a hilarious song about Drake and how he uses lotion and is jerking off into tissues and stuff. But uh, he goes so... And and the thing is, Elias was being a dick. He was being a dick. And then when Drake finally slapped him, he's like, oh, I'm going to show him. It's like, what the... Bro, you were being a fucking bully. You were bullying the guy. This has nothing to do with you. If he's cheating on his wife, that has nothing to do with you. Like, let Dana beat him up. That makes more sense. Or let his super hot wife come back and beat him up. But... and uh, So... He got mad after, you know, making fun of him. That made no sense. And then Drake Maverick goes to the ring. He calls out Elias. Elias comes out. He bullies Drake Maverick around. Then Dana Brooke is accompanied Elias. And uh, he hits the drift away onto Drake Maverick. And then and then <laughs> Dana Brooke pins the, the Drake Maverick for some reason with her foot. Why? What what was the reason? And and Elias even counted it down. Why? Why did we see this? What what the fuck was the point? Why was there a pin? This is not a match. Why are you pinning him? Didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. Uh, then backstage, Miz is walking. He's got his bag and stuff, and he's leaving. He's going home to his wife and kids. But then as he's walking by, he sees a room with red light. Ooh, what could this mean? So the Miz goes inside. He sees a Photoshop picture of Bray Wyatt instead of himself in that picture that Bray showed earlier. Bray then comes out of nowhere, attacks the Miz, and uh, we he basically hits his sister Abigail. Uh, we go to commercial, and then when we come back, the Miz has come too. There's a referee, and he's asking what happened, where is he, where's the picture, but no one's there, and there's no picture. We then find out that a match has been set for TLC, which is going to be The Miz versus Bray Wyatt. Not The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. At least that's what it showed in the picture. 
So I don't know if I like that. Because I want the fiend to do all the evil stuff and I want Bray Wyatt to just be normal. But because they showed Bray Wyatt hitting the sister Abigail, I don't think they're going that way, which kind of sucks. So, yeah. They can still rectify it, but I don't know. Uh, we then have a fatal four-way tag team match between the Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, Ali and Shorty G, and The Revival. The Revival win after they eliminate Shorty G and Ali, which were the last team. And uh, now they get a title shot at TLC, which I feel is going to be redundant. I feel like the New Day will retain. I would like to see the Revival win, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to win. We then get a Sheamus promo. I guess he's coming back soon. Why didn't they just leave him for the Rumble? Why didn't they leave John Morrison for the Rumble? Don't know. Uh, we then get a Lacey Evans match against a jobber, but after the match, she's interrupted by Sasha Banks' music. By the way, I love her new music. I love that. I love the bass drop and everything. It's it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, so she's interrupted by Sasha. Uh, she comes up. We go, again, we go to commercial. We come back from commercial. Sasha's standing in the ring, and she's uh, talking shit to Lacey about her and her kid. But then Lacey pulls a McFoley and goes for the cheap pops talking about how when she was in the marine and she's a mother and blah 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 and she threatens to hit sasha but sasha falls down screams like i was gonna say like a little girl which she kind of is sort of i mean she's a woman but you know uh it was a feminine scream nothing unexpected from sasha and uh as Lacey's walking up the ramp, she turns around to pose, but then Bailey comes out, attacks her. Sasha, I guess this was their plan all along. Sasha comes up uh, to the ramp, and you know both Bailey and Sasha laugh at Lacey. Sorta, it was weird, but yeah, I guess it's Lacey versus Sasha, or Lacey versus Bailey. Bailey and Sasha versus Lacey and someone. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, this happened, which is interesting. Uh, our main event of SmackDown. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm going to be talking about this. Dolph Ziggler versus Roman Reigns. And, uh, yep, if you've watched this, you know what the fuck happened. If you haven't watched this, good God. In this match, Baron Corbin tries to distract Roman, but he fails. Dolph then tries to use the distraction to roll Roman up. Roman kicks out, rolls back, and then runs into Dolph Ziggler with a spear. Picks up the win. Corbin is kind of on the outside, leaning on the apron with his, you know, the lackeys that carry him out to the ring. Uh, Roman does a drive-by. He drops three of them. And then he gets attacked by the remaining people that carry Corbin. And then... They they go to the other side of the ring where the announce tables are, and they're they're sort of brawling, and then they push Roman into the turnbuckle. Is it even the fucking turnbuckle? The thing is massive, but I guess it is the turnbuckle. So they push him to the corner turnbuckle, and they start beating him up. As Roman's about to escape, you see you see someone stick out like grab his leg, you know, and all you see is like gray hair. Now I'm speculating here. Was that Shane McMahon? I know Shane's been gone a hot minute, but I saw gray hair, and I don't know if that's that was actually Shane McMahon or that's someone with gray hair posing as Shane McMahon. I don't know, 
But yeah, so in any case, uh, Roman gets overpowered by all the lackeys and Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. There's no Bobby Roode or Robert Roode. Fucking hell. There's no Robert Roode this week. So uh, yeah, they all overpower him and they handcuff him. When they handcuff him, they have this long chain handcuff. They hang him from the corner turnbuckle and he's unable to move. And they beat him up some more. And then Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin basically throw dog food at him. They're like, hey, dog food, dog, big dog. You want to eat dog food? Are you hungry? Huh? You hungry? Huh? All right. Yeah, all right. So, oh God, it was fucking terrible. It was so bad. So, so bad. Uh, but, yeah, that's what happened. I apologize, guys. I apologize. It, it, I didn't book this. I, it was just horrible. Just absolute worst. So, yeah. Uh, that was SmackDown. And uh, why don't we jump into NXT. NXT starts with Mauro Ronaldo back. Uh, I heard something about how Mauro was... Uh, he received a standing ovation once he came back. So, uh, that's nice. You know, make the guy, I guess, feel welcomed again. He's going through some shit. Now, whether I agree with how exaggerated it was not exaggerated that's not the right word how uh, i guess uh, blown out of proportion it was uh but again i'm i'm not suffering the same mental illnesses that he is so i can't really say but uh, i feel like it was a i again i feel like it was a comment made by Corey with perhaps not the best intentions uh only Corey graves knows what his intentions were really and uh, it was you know, I guess apology was required. Apology was definitely required, and he shouldn't have said all those things because, you know, you're dealing with someone who has issues, and, you know, in hindsight, I guess, whatever. But I stand by what I said earlier where Corey still is entitled to his opinion. Anyways, I'm not going to get back into all that. Morrow's announcing the show in the start, but then you see Killian Dane in the ring, and he calls out Pete Dunn. So Dunn comes out. They have a match. Uh, it was a okay match. And uh, they do the spot where Killian Dane is about to do the Vader bomb. So he climbs to the, you know, the turnbuckle. He climbs on the turnbuckle, rather. And uh, Pete Dunn jumps onto him from behind, chokes him. And Killian Dane just passes out while, you know, holding Pete Dunn. But when he falls, he falls back first, dropping Dunn and just, you know, passes out over him. Allowing the referee to pin one, two, three, and getting the win. So, yeah, Killian Dane passes out, gets the win. Very interesting. We then see the Undisputed Era come out. They they trash talk uh, about what Lee did to Fish. So they call it a neck injury, but I've heard that it might be a concussion. It looked like a concussion because his head ricocheted off the floor. And then Keith Lee comes out. He starts looking at all three men. Kyle Riley goes like, hey, my eyes are up here. And Keith Lee says, uh, I'm just wondering which title I want first. The three men attack Lee, but then uh, Lee didn't really need any help. He managed to, you know, hold his own against all three members of the Undisputed Era. And then shortly after that, uh, when they disperse and they're running to the back, Tommaso Ciampa comes out, attacks Adam Cole and throws him back into the ring. Adam Cole escapes again, but his title's not with him. It's in the ring. Tommaso Ciampa picks it up and, and holds it, you know, like, like, Goldie, I'm coming for you. So, yeah. 
uh, they, you know, Lee and Champa make a deadly duo. But let's see how that goes later. Uh, Kathy Kelly then interviews Dakota Kai, and Dakota Kai in this interview admits to have attacking that quote unquote hood rat, Mia Yim. Ouch. Uh, Dakota Kai then comes out to face Rhea Ripley in a match, but then Rhea takes the mic and says, hey, you know that thing about, you know, ambushes and, you know, planning ahead? Well, you know, it sort of, like, can bite you back in the ass, which is kind of what she meant. And uh, Mia Yim's music hits. Out comes Mia Yim, and she attacks Dakota Kai. While all this is happening, Rhea Ripley makes her way to the ring, and then Shayna Baszler and Marina Shafir and Desmond Jasmine Duke come out, and they basically take out Rhea Ripley, take her out, and Shayna Baszler grabs a mic and says, "You know what? December eighteenth, you got your match." So Rhea Ripley versus who? Shayna Baszler. That should be a fucking phenomenal match, and I think Rhea Ripley could take the title. I genuinely think Rhea Ripley could take the title there. Because we'll get into the next one. But I don't think Adam Cole is dropping the title to whoever he faces. So let's jump into the main event. Which is the undis- three members of the Undisputed Era versus Dominic Dajakovic, Keith Lee, and Tommaso Ciampa. And in the middle of this match, Finn Balor comes out. He drop kicks Cole from the behind. From the behind. Wow. From behind into the referee who then collapses. Then he delivers the 1916 DDT to Ciampa. And there's this incredible shot where Adam Cole is in one turnbuckle, in, in one corner rather, and Finn Balor goes to the other corner, the opposite corner. He points, he's at a finger gun thing, and there's like a close, like a really close shot of Finn Balor. And then all you see is Keith Lee rise up like a fucking demon. Holy shit, it was so well done. Such a great shot. Incredible. Just it, oh, it's so well done. Honestly, so fucking well done. And uh, he grabs Finn Balor. Finn Balor tries to fight him off, but he's unsuccessful. And then Keith Lee gets back into the ring. Adam Cole sort of hits, like he drops Keith Lee onto one shoulder, uh, one knee. And then Cole gets ready to do the last shot, but Keith Lee picks him up onto his shoulders and delivers his jackhammer and gets the t- the win for his team. So Champa, Dominic Dajakovic, and Keith Lee win the match. After the match, William Regal comes out and says that next week there will be a triple threat match for the number one contendership between Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, and Keith Lee. This And the title shot will be on December 18th, which is in direct competition with some of the matches that AEW are putting on. So that should be really fucking interesting. But yeah, so basically they they're gearing up for this 18th of December last show of 2019, which will be great. But yeah, and Balor and uh, sorry Lee and Champa sort of like look at each other like, hmm. I think Lee will win that. I really do because I feel like they want to save Balor versus Cole and and Champa versus Cole for like a bigger pay per view. So I think they're gonna use because Keith Lee and Adam Cole have like. I know they were wrestling on the on the house shows, you know. They had some matches on the house shows and stuff. So I think that's why they did this because they want to have this match, perhaps. But you never know with NXT. They're very unpredictable, and you know that's what makes it amazing. That's why I love it. So uh, yeah, that was NXT. Uh, there were some filler matches. Kushida made his return as well. 
Uh, they're they're gonna do. I was gonna say Umberto Carrillo. Uh, the Angel Garza versus Leo Rush for the cruiserweight title rematch next week, which was an incredible match for the first time. I can't wait to see what these guys do again. So uh, yeah, NXT doing that. We jump over to AEW, the Wednesday Night War competition. We start the show with Sammy Guevara and Proud and Powerful versus the Young Bucks and Dustin Rhodes. The finish of the match was weird because Guevara's got his phone up to vlog, but he does a shooting star press to no one and gets kicked in the face by double super kicks by the Young Bucks. Uh, Matt, Matt Jackson and Dustin Rhodes grab Proud and Powerful. They hold them in tombstone positions while Sammy Guevara's, you know, passed out in by the corner turnbuckle. And then Nick just kind of does like a you know he jumps onto both of them spiking both men into the ground with a tombstone and then you know sort of does like a just uh yeah what's that move that darby allen does the grave cradle whatever his fucking finisher is where he just drops back first trust fall no that's kofi whatever fuck his move's called uh coffin drop i think it's called coffin drop in any case uh, he so he just basically falls onto Sammy Guevara and Matt Jackson pins him for the one two three. Uh, cool, I think was that Proud and Powerful's first loss. I feel like it might be. In any case, Ray Phoenix and Trent have a match. Trent is you know, uh, so he's accompanied by Orange Cassidy and and Chuck Taylor, and uh, Ray Phoenix, who is you know he was just a singles champion not too long ago lost to Kenny Omega. Ray Phoenix basically decimates Trent. And uh, after the match, Trent starts to shake Ray Phoenix's hand, but Phoenix does not shake it. Trent gets pissed. He attacks Phoenix, and Phoenix sort of retreats. So why did they do this? Is there is there going to be the the best friends versus Lucha Brothers? I don't know, because like Pentagon seems to be doing his own thing. Very confusing. Anyways, getting on to some really good stuff here. Cody Rhodes is in the ring with Tony Schiavone, and I feel like every time he's in the ring with Tony Schiavone, it's gold. And this was really fucking good as well, because Cody's talking about... uh, So he talks about his attack last week uh, by Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. I'm sorry, I can say that without laughing. But yeah, Butcher, Blade, and Bunny attacked Cody, so he's like, you know what, you guys want to have a match? You guys can pick a partner for me? Let's do this. And then he jumps over to the MJF situation. He says, you know, I know I always knew MJF was a bad guy, but he was my bad guy. And he says uh, he says he wants to have a match. So what's it going to take? Are you do you want my keys to my truck? I know there's like there's like three or four hundred of them in the world. So he's like here. He throws his keys onto the floor. Uh, He then entices MJF with a Rolex that was given to him by Tony. Not a Rolex. It was an Omega. Yeah, it was Omega Watch given to him by Tony Khan. He throws that. He then pulls his shoes off, his Louboutins, Red Souls, throws them. He he calls Justin Robbins out, and and he's like, here's $50,000. To show its authenticity, should give that kid $100. So he just like, random $100 just gives it to to a kid in, in the first row. So congratulations, kid. Christmas came early. Um, so yeah, and then he leaves the ring without his shoes. <laughs> interesting. His socks are interesting. Uh, and then we have Nyla Rose coming back after a long time. She defeats the female librarian. 
And then attacks her after the match. After the match, Shayna comes out. So now we're in picture in picture. Shayna comes out and she says she gets beaten up as well. Nala goes out, brings out a table, and then she sets up the table. The referee's trying to, you know, like stop her. So she puts the referee through the table and she grabs Shayna and she puts Shayna not through the table, but like onto the table, that broken table already onto the referee. So apparently we find out that Nala Rose has been suspended and uh, I guess, you know, they're building her up. Interesting. We haven't seen Rio in some time. She's the women's champion. But uh, we'll get to a little bit of that in the number one contender thing. Jericho then comes out. This was great. He he basically plugs a little bit of the bubbly. They sold like 20,000 bottles of the bubbly, which is crazy in one week. Wow. Uh, he then makes uh, a reference to the list. But then he says, uh, this is not a get out of 2016. This this is the lexicon of Le Champion. And it's got like the same font that the list had. And it's except it's blue. And, you know, they're they're doing it, but without doing it, you know. And he starts naming people off. And like, it's really funny. Uh, the ones I remember are like the evil Uno, evil Dos. And uh, some shit like that. And he's just like, he's listing off people, but he keeps repeating Moxie's name several times. He points at people in the crowd. He's like that fat guy with the Cheetos or whatever. And just like, you know, it, it's it's gold. It's Jericho gold. And as he's doing this, and obviously he's accompanied by Jake Hager at this point, uh, Jurassic Express comes out. Luchasaurus grabs the mic and he goes, Whoa. he's like, well, you expect me to talk like that, didn't you? So he apparently will talk normally. And uh, they make a joke about Marco's stunt where, you know, he may be short for his age. And Jericho goes, like, he's short for any age. <laughs> and then they they go a little back and forth. And then Jungle Boy basically challenges Chris Jericho on the 18th of December for a title match. So I guess we're going to see that. And then Jurassic Express brawl with Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. So that, you know, that whole thing happens there. And Jericho leaves the ring because they overpower them. And, uh, yeah, Hager needs to work a little bit on his stuff because he was, the way he was selling the stuff that him and Lucha, it was just not good. Just not good. And to be fair, I never thought, like, Jake Hager was a great wrestler. So, I don't know. Prove me wrong. I haven't seen him wrestle yet uh, after all this time. Uh, we then have uh, the number one contender for the women's t- uh, title championship title I don't know what I'm saying Hikaru Shida comes out to the ring and she's facing Chris Statlander now this whole thing is really interesting because Hikaru Shida is the number one contender right but then Chris Statlander wins this match and the commentary goes like oh well what does this mean is is Chris now the number one contender so they kind of like added that little bit of element where it's like realistic you know where it's like okay she won the match so does she get a title match is this is this where it's going is going to be Chris Statlander, who is an alien, apparently, by the way, versus, uh, what's her name, Rio? So it's like, okay, I guess we'll find out next week. But before we could do anything, the lights go out. Out come Brandy and Awesome Kong, and they're trying to recruit Chris Statlander into their their little faction that they call the Nightmare Collective. So she says we're the Nightmare Collective. And then before she can do anything, and she basically gets into Chris Statlander's face, and she's like, join us now, uh, a woman can be heard screaming from the crowd. 
uh, Brandy basically asks the woman to come in and pledge. And she's like, yeah, I want to pledge to the Nightmare Collective. She does. And Brandy and Awesome Kong shave her head. Weird. Really, really fucking weird. But uh, I, the only thing, like, I remember the Straightest Society did that with Selena. Selena? Yeah, Selena. And and it was good then. But this is like, like, why? What does this mean? Why is this there? So many questions. So many unanswered questions. But I guess we'll see. Uh, we then get a small video package from The Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. And they say that they attack Cody Rhodes because of how his, it's disgusting how, how Cody's face is everywhere. And you're the main guy, so we took you out or some shit. I don't know. I just couldn't stop looking at how hot Allie looked. So, sorry, Bunny. Damn, that's sexy. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, so I, I guess, I don't know if that tag team match is going to happen, by the way. Cody and Butcher and Blade, I guess. Are they going to pick, that? are they are they actually going to pick a partner? If if they're doing that, right, I would say pick Ali as the partner and have Ali just like fuck with Cody the whole time in the match. That'd be great. Do it, you know. Uh, and then we have Moxley versus Joey Janela in the main event of AEW. <clears throat> Basically... Uh, Joey Janela basically just wants to go to the hospital, so he has a bed to sleep in. Did the uh, did the Janela's uh, party thing that he does every WrestleMania? Did that not seem fruitful, Joey? No. But yeah, this was the I guess an okay match. Again, I'm not a massive fan. And Joey Janela's thing is the, the you know the crazy shit that he does with with the weapons and stuff. And I've never really been a massive John Moxley fan in the ring. Uh, I guess that's, you know, well documented, but uh, yeah. So basically, John Moxley defeats Joey Janela, where he's standing on the turnbuckle, and then he drops Joey Janela onto the turnbuckle with a paradigm shift, which is really cool. And then he gets into the ring and then drops him again in the middle of the ring with another paradigm shift and gets the win. And right after the match, as he's celebrating, we can hear Jericho's music hit. And the inner circle come out from the crowd just as Moxley did the last week. And they stand. Jericho holds the title up and stares at Moxley. So I guess February is going to be Moxley versus Jericho. I'm good with that. Yeah. Bring it. I, th- I think that'll be a good match. And that's saying something for me because y'all know how I feel about Moxley. So, yeah, uh, so that was Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW, folks. I think it is time to get into... Five of the Week! Five of the Week. Uh, so this this list this week trails off with The Miz. Why The Miz? His acting is great. He sells everything really well. And he's, you know, he's back in the picture somehow. He's not wrestled in a hot minute. And I was, I was interested. As I watched it, and again, I didn't think SmackDown was a great show. But 
the Miz, like I was, I was invested in the Miz. I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna fuck his family up. Like, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, and and that's saying something because face Miz, we all know, is not great, but for him to get me invested, good job. I liked it. I liked Miz this week. So Miz gets number five. Number four this week goes to John Moxley, who is on a tear. As much as I dislike the guy, he's been doing really well. Uh, he, his character work is great. He's uh, that thing that you did with Joy Janela, like where Janela is being interviewed and he comes backstage and he's like kids, and just leaves. Like I love that. You know, it's really good. But uh, his his matches as well have been great. He looks unstoppable, and you know, he seems like. He poses a, a fantastic threat to Chris Jericho, which is great. That's what you want. So Moxley, number four. Uh, number three goes to Kevin Owens because I laugh so much. And Kevin Owens is starting to seem important again, which is just what the doctor ordered. I, I'm i glad to see Kevin Owens going up in the rankings and being important again. Everyone's chanting for him. Everyone's screaming for him. Everyone's clamoring for him. And I am too. Kevin Owens, number three, for sure. Number two this week goes to Chris Jericho. That man, anything he does touches gold. He more Every day, he seems more and more like a legit champion, which I love to see. I'm so happy to see that. Jericho, I, I buy everything that he does, everything he, he sells it to me, you know? Jericho, 100%, like, is, is killing it as champion. I was, I was wrong about how he looked. And he didn't look like a champion. He's He looks like a champion now. Oh, he sure as fuck looks like a champion now. So Jericho, number two. And number one this week, whose music will close out the show, Keith Lee. Keith Lee's stock has been rising, folks. It's been rising and rising and rising. And now it's reached a point where I think he's a worthy contender for the NXT title. They've built him up so well. Why can't main roster do shit like this? Because he he was, you know, he got injured. He was sort of floundering in obscurity for a bit. And now he's here. Keith Lee is fucking here. And he's here to stay. He came to play. No, that's a miss. Never mind. But yeah, Miz. Miz. God damn it. I fucked myself there. <laughs> Keith Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Number one this week on the five of the week. It is now time, ladies and gentlemen, because you are lovely, lovely folks, and you submit some questions, and I would love to answer them. So, here we are with KJ's Q&A. All right, our first question comes from the hero formerly known as Neck, at Carrie Neck, on a scale of one to butter. How does David's head... How... What? I'm guessing this is supposed to be a bald spot. Uh, David's bald spot feel when you touch it. Also, when is he coming back to be angry at things on your podcast? Uh, David, you know what? thing is, David's a father. And uh, he he came on for, for Hell in a Cell. He came on for AEW. He refuses to watch anything WWE. So getting him back on to like, you know, a, a to do a WWE show is going to be impossible. Uh, unless you guys tweet at him and, and ask him, you know, hey, can you please come on? I don't think... Because he listens to you guys, 
right? Like that's his thing. Like whatever whatever he hates, he hates. But he he always goes back to you guys and goes like, you know what? Like I I'm gonna listen to the, the, what the listeners want and and that's what I'm gonna do. And he always does that. So if you really do want him, just you know say it. Tweet at him and be like, hey, can you do a WWE show with with KJ? On the Roped In podcast, and uh, and see what they, you know, see see what he says. He he probably will fight against, it and he, he wouldn't want to do it. But I'm sure if enough of you, you know, try and convince him, I'm sure he'll come back and and he'll do it. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's David. Uh, we have I I I'm I luckily found this question, Carlos. So uh, you know, next time just leave the question on on the the tweet uh, but basically what's the situation on NXT town oh okay so this is not a question for okay never mind this is I thought this was something else sorry sorry buddy I, I was premature uh, Kyle in moderation at Restless Monarch who is the most overhyped man and woman on the WWE rosters oh boy overhyped uh, overhyped, overhyped man. Now, well, see, look, I would have said Seth Rollins like a few weeks ago, but now he's sort of like working with what he's doing. Uh, Baron Corbin comes to mind. I don't think Baron Corbin is where they're showing him to be. He's not a main eventer. I think he's upper mid card at best as of now. But yeah, he's definitely not main event for me. So I would say Baron Corbin is 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 definitely overhyped woman woman wise bailey i don't think bailey's doing a good job even the character change has not been great she should have been a badass she should have just like she stopped smiling and she's fucking she should come and fuck people up and she's not doing that when sasha got laid out by Lacey, she was just like oh oh my god what happened it's like what the fuck you're supposed to be a badass you're the champion why can you not be angry and mean the fuck why are you scared dumb very dumb so yeah those those are my corbin and bailey i think way too overhyped and you know way too out of position uh, zachary marsh at Prinny god 13 what is the one thing you would do to change on raw smackdown nxt and aw i i believe i misread that what is one thing you would do to, why, why did i say two <laughs> what is the one thing you would do to change okay that's why i read it never mind what would I change on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AW? So individually, uh, what would I change on Raw? I'd make it two hours. Three is way too much. No one wants to see that much. It, less is more. And you're trying to cover three hours and it's very difficult. And people have said it so many times that it's really, really difficult to do. It's really difficult to book. It's really difficult to you know lay your stories out. Just bring it back to two hours. What would I do on SmackDown? I would stop making these hokey storylines with like people fucking feeding each other dog food and, and shit like that. But also in terms of uh, booking, I do. I've said this so many times. I think AEW and NXT are a lot of the feel that you get from that show is the lack of light. And Raw and SmackDown are so bright. It's and and the entire atmosphere and ambiance of the show changes because of the lighting it's such a bright show it doesn't feel gritty it doesn't feel underground it doesn't feel raw no pun intended it doesn't feel 
like it's it's a you know show about fighting it just feels like oh here we are yay let's go you know nxt and AEW do it so well so yeah they just i, I don't know I, I feel like raw and smackdown could learn a thing or two from AEW and nxt in that regard we're just like bring the lights down watch some of the attitude era stuff like you can barely see the crowd and like in today's show you can almost like spot anyone so whatever uh, we then uh, so NXT. Uh, what would I change about NXT? NXT. Uh, I again. I've said it so many times. I think it's one of the best shows, like start to finish. But there are a lot of filler matches. Matches like for example, like this week, there are a lot of filler matches I didn't care about. I didn't. I like. There's no story behind them. Like I didn't. Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle. Like why did I see that? You know, it was just like a filler match. Like, do do storyline. Do storyline instead of a match. I much prefer that. That's what I would change. Filler matches, I don't care. And uh, AEW, what would I change about AEW? The women's division is not great. Women's division is not great. They they lack talent severely. I would, I would sort of bring in more talent, try and poach some WWE talent, and, and try and see, you know, like how I can build my roster my female roster in a you know i guess more engaging or more you know entertainment based sort of way where it's like people want to see the women compete so yeah that's what i would do I'd, that's that's what i would change uh, i'm just gonna jump to to carlos's question even though it had nothing to do with this he was asking about uh, the the roped in fantasy league uh, he he asks, uh, for example, so what's the situation on NXT talent in the Fantasy League if Keith Lee possibly wins the Rumble? So uh, I'll get to that in a second. I'll explain all that. But uh, yeah, so that's that's it for your questions, you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very very much. And uh, now it is time for the trivia part of the show. And uh, this time. I got, uh, it was Anthony Fitzpatrick. Congratulations, man. You're killing it. Every week. Anthony's the only one who gets it right every time consistently. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was talking to Teddy Long. Check it out now. Yeah, I'm real comfortable, Teddy. But I would like to know why you're denying me my chance at the World Heavyweight Championship tonight. I'm not denying you of anything. Really? I think you are. I think this is another act of disrespect towards Chris Jericho from you and the WWE administration. Have you forgotten who I am? I am a five-time world champion. This past Sunday, I unmasked Rey Mysterio for the first time ever. And on top of that, I became the intercontinental champion for the unprecedented ninth time. Just by virtue of that alone, I should be the number one contender, but I'm not. I told you when I came here, I was gonna be the face of SmackDown, and I am the same way I was on Raw. So tonight, you need to make things right for me, Teddy. You've got no excuses. I'm dressed, I'm ready to compete, so you need to make things right for me tonight, like I said. What you gonna do, Teddy, hmm? You know what, Jericho? I'm having a hard time coming up with a good argument against you. You see, I've already announced that Edge and Jeff Hardy are going to compete tonight to face the world champion. So let's see if you're worthy of contention. So I suggest you get your mind right, because tonight you're going to go one-on-one -on -one with C.M. Punk. Hmm. 
Nice job, Teddy. That's Le Champion. But now, I have a little bit of a... I'd like to see how many of you guys get this one. So, take a listen. You know, I don't know what happened. It was like my eye was on fire all of a sudden. And I was in pain, extreme pain. But you know what hurt me the most? Is that after the match, CM Punk never took the time to come find me and see if I was okay. It's almost as if he, he thinks I'm making this whole eye injury up. Unlike CM Punk, I do not make up injuries. Unlike CM Punk, I do not kick referees in the back. And unlike CM Punk, I do not forfeit matches. So, Punk, believe me when I say my eye injury is just as serious as yours. Send in your tweets to at Roped and Pod. It'll be the pinned tweet on top. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep that tweet up there, right? And I'm going to have all you guys send in the trivia questions, sorry, the trivia responses to that tweet, the pin tweet on Roped and Pod, and throughout the week, so from Monday Night Raw onwards, whatever, whatever questions you have, just pile them up there. So let's say on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, as you're watching, if you have any questions that come to your mind, leave them there. I'm going to leave that tweet until I do the shows. So that it's, it's going to be like that one-time thing where it's just like it's there, you have a question, you think about it, just go there, leave the question, you know? Because I know sometimes like while I watch and like the other podcasts that I listen to, I think of a question, I'd be like, oh, okay, I got to remember to, you know, send that question out when they put the tweet. But then like sometimes I forget or I get caught up with something and I, I rarely ever send in questions to, to podcasts. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there. So leave your, leave your trivia responses and your questions all on that tweet there. How about that? How about that? Uh, <clears throat> now it is time for the Roped in Fantasy League. Ladies and gentlemen, this week has been very interesting and fun. Also, so, okay, I'll get right to it. Royal Rumble's coming up. Everyone loves a Rumble. There can be one winner for each match, men's and women, right? Kind of one woman, one person that... They do the two people thing sometimes. It's been a while. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. But the winner of a Royal Rumble match will be awarded 100 points. It's a once in a year thing. What are the odds you get it right? Who knows? Last year, Seth and Becky were kind of predictable. But this year, is it? Now, you can put Keith Lee in your team, for example, right? You can add him to your team if you think he's going to win the Rumble. But none of his points are going to count from, from NXT. So if you want to add him to your roster and you think that he's going to win, go ahead. But no NXT points are going to be counted. No AEW points are going to be counted, obviously. Only Raw, SmackDown, and the pay-per-view. That's it. And the pre-show is counted in the pay-per-view. So, 
That's all you're getting, folks. No NXT. So go ahead, make your teams, choose wisely, because this is going to be a game changer. There will be a lot of points added to your total score if you get the right person as your champion. So be smart. Be smart about it. I feel like a lot of people's teams are going to look very similar. Again, be very smart about how you go about this. So Now, with that being said, the leaders of this week's Fantasy League, we have one week left and then the pay-per-view. I will be doing, again, I'm doing the pay-per-view with Eric Samilton-Hamilton of What's Wrong With Wrestling. He will be on, and uh, it'll be a good time. Eric and I are, are buddies. We talk often. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing the podcast with him. He's a funny guy. Uh, but I will be ripping him a new one because, yeah, he's he's getting owned. <laughs> uh, so, number three this week, Sassy Halliwell. Sarah, maybe stop talking trash about me being a pirate. And I said I said pirate and parrot in one and pirate. I just fucked that up completely. My, I was supposed to trash off you and I... I can't do it, Sarah. I really like you. You're a sweetheart. You're you're so nice to me. And but this whole parrot thing is really upsetting me, Sarah. I thought you were on Team KJ, but you're not. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. I don't care. You're 55 points. Go away. Second position tied are Anthony Fitzpatrick and Carlos underscore Fire 89. Carlos and Anthony are tied in second position with 60 points. So we're still like low points, guys. Everyone's got low points, and it's it's even the first position is is up by 15 points. So the first position, uh, the winner or not the winner, but the leader this week has 75 points. So uh, it's very two people win or your champion wins a match, and you know you've surpassed the first position. Uh, and uh, so yeah, Anthony and Carlos both 60 points, and the first position goes to me, me, KJ. That's right. That's right, motherfuckers. I'm in this. And I'm number one this week. Now, granted, if uh, my team fucks up, then I'm going to regret saying all this shit. But fuck all of you. You asked me to be a parrot, and now Karma's bit you in the asshole. And now I am first. KJ, 75 points. Eat shit, motherfuckers. Haha. <laughs> But yeah, so um, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, I'm very appreciative. <laughs> uh, I will be tweeting out the the Royal Rumble thing, uh, and you can leave your teams after Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, this podcast is going out ASAP. 100 points for the Royal Rumble winner. Keep that in mind. And uh, yeah, TLC, Eric Hamilton will be on. And... Uh, yeah, your, your questions, as you feel like you want to send in a question, send it straight right to the pinned tweet on Roped in Pod. It'll be there throughout the week. How about that? How about that? So, uh, yeah. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow at Roped in Pod, at that KJ guy across all major social media platforms. Give me a five-star review on iTunes, please, and anywhere else you can. You can find this podcast on all your podcast listing apps, wherever you get your podcast from, you'll find this podcast there. And uh, yeah, just uh, make sure you follow, subscribe, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
youtube.com forward slash that KJ guy for content coming your way shortly. I'm just, I've got a lot of stuff happening in my life, guys, and I'm, I'm trying to get this shit out. So I apologize, but the content is coming. I promise you that. There will be a Royal Rumble reaction video 100%. Uh, it's one of the best events of the year, so got to do it, right? And uh, I might get some guests on, so let me see Let me see how it works out. But, uh, yeah. Again, thank you so much for listening, folks. I will be back this week with another episode on time with my predictions. I promise you that. And like always, since you're still here, KJ, out.
Still trying. Oh, 